we're going to get into the teaching of the Word today. And uh, we have been in a teaching series called King Jesus. We are proclaiming Jesus as our King, right? Not just our Savior, not just the Christ, uh, not any of that, but our King. There is a kingdom of God, and if there is a kingdom, there has to be a king. And Jesus is our king. And, and, and understanding Jesus as our king can shift some paradigms in our life. It can shift the way that, that we look at things. And, and that has been our goal. And so last Sunday, we looked at Jesus declaring that he has all authority in heaven and on earth. All authority in heaven and on earth. And, and so if Jesus is the king and he has all authority everywhere, then as followers of Jesus, our responsibility is to surrender ourselves completely to his authority. And if we would live under his authority, then we would live in his authority, and we would have the authority of the kingdom of God in our lives. And, and that's what we want to be. We want to be, be, be a people that walks in victory, be a people that walks in authority, that we want to walk in his goodness, we want to walk in his favor, and to be in that place, we have to be surrendered to his authority. So if you missed any of the first two messages, you can go uh, to our website or our podcast and get caught up on those. But today is part three, and part three is embracing the mission of King Jesus. Embracing the mission of King Jesus. If you've got your notes, uh, which here in person, you can find the notes in your bulletin. If uh, you're on our digital campus, you can find the notes attached to our website, uh, attached to this video on our website. Or if you're on the podcast, you can find the notes attached to the podcast. Or, of course, anybody can also follow along in the Kauai Bible Church app. Here's our big picture point today. If we are a part of the kingdom of King Jesus, then we must also be a part of the mission of King Jesus. Well, let me say it one more time. If we are a part of the kingdom of King Jesus, then we must also be a part of the mission of King Jesus. Amen? Antonio, do we have the back TV? No. Hallelujah. This back TV has just been the scourge of my life. This is the thorn in my flesh that God uses to keep me humble and desperate upon him. Hallelujah. All right, we're going to figure it out. We're going to keep trying. If we're going to be a part of his kingdom, then we've got to be a part of his mission. We're going back to Matthew 28. We said that we're going to be breaking down the Great Commission. So let's go back here. Matthew 28, verse 16. But the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So what we read last week in verse 18 was Jesus declared, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then he says, Go, therefore... Remember in the Bible, anytime we read the word therefore, that means that they are now making a conclusion or teaching a new principle or making a new command based on what they just said previously, right? So whenever you see therefore, you got to look back and ask yourself, what is it therefore? So Jesus says, go therefore. 
Well, what is he basing that off of? He's basing that off of what he just said, which is all authority has been given to me. And remember, authority is the right or the power to make the decisions, to make the rules, and to give the commands. So Jesus just told them, I have all authority. I have all the right to make the commands. So what does he do then based off of that? He makes a command. That's why he says, therefore, based off the fact that I have all authority, he says, I want you to go and make disciples of all the nations. This is the mission of King Jesus. I want you to go and make disciples of all, of all the nations. So I wrote it like this in your notes. The mission of King Jesus is to spread his kingdom to every nation and ethnicity around the world through the method of disciple-making. The mission of King Jesus is to spread his kingdom to every nation and ethnicity around the world. Right? He says, make disciples of all nations. The, the original word in the original language that Jesus spoke there was ethnos, which can be translated either nations or ethnicities. He wants every nation, every people group, every ethnicity, he wants them to become a part of his kingdom. And how is this going to be accomplished? Through the method of disciple making. He says, go and make disciples. So the first question we have to answer today is, what is disciple making? What is disciple making? Well, Jesus answers this question in the very next verse. In verse 20, he says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Other translations read that, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. So what is making disciples? Well, first off, in its simplest form, it's teaching someone to observe or to obey all of his commands. But let's break it down a little more. Because you're like, well, you know, if it's teaching people, I'm not a teacher, so disciple-making must be left to the teachers. No. Disciple-making is not to be left to the teachers. It's all of our mission. So I wrote it out like this. Disciple-making is intentionally sharing your life with someone in such a way that they grow to become more and more like King Jesus. Intentionally sharing your life with someone in such a way that they grow to become more and more like King Jesus. And to demonstrate this, I want us to read first. Thessalonians, that's one of the hardest words for me to say, Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 through 12. It says this, But we proved to be gentle among you, as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. Having so fond an affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become very dear to us. For you recall, brothers, our labor and hardship, how working night and day so as not to be a burden to any of you, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and so is God, how devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we behaved towards you believers. Just as you know, we were exhorting you 
Just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and his own glory. I love this. This is Paul basically sharing his discipleship ministry and what it looks like. And he says, we were well pleased to share with you not only the gospel, but our own lives. Because you had become dear to us. Listen, making disciples is not about just necessarily teaching knowledge. Making disciples is about sharing your life. It's intentionally sharing your life with somebody. And so disciple making requires us to share the gospel. right? Because in order to make disciples, we first have to bring them into the kingdom. We have to share the gospel so that they can make a decision that they're going to make Jesus the Lord of their lives and that they're going to surrender themselves to him and Jesus is going to take them out of the kingdom of darkness and place them into the kingdom of light. We have to share the gospel. But then when we share the gospel, we also share our lives with people. And it's through the process of sharing our lives with people that we model what following Jesus looks like, right? Paul said in verse 9, Uh, For you recall, brothers, our labor, uh, labor and hardship, how working night and day so as not to be a burden to any of you, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. In verse 10, you are witnesses, and so is God, how devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we behaved. So your life becomes a model. And, And so you sit and you share your life with people, and your life becomes a model. And they say, well, as a follower of Jesus, how do I handle this? And you talk about it. And the way that you respond and how you live your life becomes a model. You become an encourager, right? He says, you know how a father, how much we encouraged you and exhorted you. We become an encourager. But ultimately, verse 12, he says, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you. That's our goal is we want to see people walk in a manner that's worthy of God. So we share our lives. We share the gospel. We share the word together. We model godliness, we encourage, we cheerlead, we motivate people to keep moving forward so that their lives walk in a manner worthy of God, so that they become more and more like King Jesus. So making disciples is sharing our lives with people as we help them become more and more like King Jesus. So why did Jesus choose this method? He could have chosen any method. He's the God of the universe. He's the most creative being that has ever existed. He could have chosen any way possible. Why did he choose this method of disciple making? And the answer is the principle of exponential growth. I want to talk to you guys about exponential growth. I'm going to nerd out a little bit. Hopefully you guys hang with me because I love this kind of stuff. But since we've been in this pandemic for so long, We've learned a lot of stuff about disease spread and things of that nature. And one of the things I learned about this pandemic is the R number, right? Or what's known as the R0 number. And, and the R number is basically a number that shows how contagious a virus is. It shows how much a, a virus or a disease is spreading. So, for example, measles is, is one of the most contagious diseases that mankind has ever known. Right? And measles has an R number of 15. So R15 is incredibly contagious. They've estimated that COVID-19, without any vaccines or without any pandemic protocols, if it was just left on its own, COVID-19 would have an R number of about three. 
So what does the R number mean? Well, the R number means is that if you have the virus in your body, before your body uh, clears it out of your body, how many people are you likely to spread it to? So R1 means that you're likely to spread it to one other person. So R1 would be considered linear growth or what's called replacement growth. Right? It means you get rid of the virus, but you've given it to one other person, so the number of people that have it stays the same. Right? So R1 is linear growth or replacement growth. So that means any number greater than one can lead to exponential growth. Any number greater than one can lead to exponential growth. Any number less than one means that the disease is shrinking, that the disease is dying, and that, that we're overcoming it. So if we were to apply this to the church, we would say that for a church to even maintain, for a church to just stay where it's at, we have to have an R number of one. We have to be R1. That means that every person has to be replacing themselves, that before they die, they've brought somebody else into the church so the church can just maintain. If our R number becomes less than one, then the church is dying. The church is shrinking, and sooner or later, we're going to cease to exist. But if our R number is greater than one, if every person in the church brings more than one person into the kingdom, if every person in the church makes more than one disciple, then we are setting ourselves up for exponential growth. You say, well, what do you mean? How, how does it work so exponentially? Well, the best example I've seen is dominoes. And you can actually look this up on YouTube if you want to see this visually. But there was a, a physicist who, who came up with this concept and, and learned that a domino can knock down another domino that is 50% bigger than it is. And so if you were to make a domino chain, you could make each domino 50% bigger. What does that mean? That means that a domino has an R number of 1.5. So simply with an R number of 1.5, how quickly could exponential growth happen? Well, it could happen this quickly. And what this physicist did is he started with a domino the size of a tic-tac, right? It was like this big. And he put it down. And then his next domino was 50% bigger. And his next domino was 50% bigger. He gets to his 13th domino, and the 13th domino comes up to about his belly, Right? So maybe, maybe about three to four feet high. And you think, well, that's still not very significant. But that's where exponential growth begins to kick in. Because to go from the first domino to the 13th domino goes from the size of a tic-tac up to three or four feet high. By the time you get to the 29th domino, you can knock over the Empire State Building. Right? That's exponential growth. You could start with something as tiny as a tic-tac, and by the 29th step, you could knock over the Empire State Building with an R number of 1.5. That's the principle of exponential growth, and that's the principle that Jesus was, was utilizing when he said, I want all of you to use the method of disciple-making. He knew that if everyone just had an R number greater than one, that the, the gospel would spread around the world. And he could start with 11 disciples, and he could reach the entire world. I want to share with you about Pastor Ralph Moore. 
You may have heard of Pastor Ralph Moore. He was established on Oahu for a long time. But he actually planted his first church in Hermosa Beach, California back in 1971. And the church was called Hope Chapel. He started with 12 people in 1971 and, and, and birthed this new church. In the 1970s, as Pastor Ralph was leading this church, Jack Hayford prophesied over him. And his prophetic word over Ralph was that his ministry would become like a coconut tree, dropping coconuts that took root around the world. Now, when he received this prophetic word, Ralph Moore had never even seen a coconut tree in his life. So he didn't quite understand the significance of what a coconut tree could do and how it could spread. But 12 years later, in 1983, after this new church had already planted 30 other churches, God called Ralph Moore to turn that church over and to move to Oahu and plant another Hope Chapel. And that's what he did. And in 1983, he planted Hope Chapel in Kaneohe Bay. Ralph Moore is retired now, right? That was almost 40 years ago. But the Hope Chapel movement now, 40 years later, has planted over 2,400 churches around the world. They've reached hundreds of thousands of people with the gospel and spread the kingdom all around the world. What started out with 12 people meeting on a beach in Southern California has now planted thousands of churches and reached hundreds of thousands of people. Why am I sharing this with you? Because I want to read this. This is directly from Hope Chapel's website. It says, The secret sauce that flows through the Hope Chapel movement is a relentless commitment to disciple-making coupled with a firm belief that every church should reproduce itself at least one time in its history. One more time, it's a relentless commitment to disciple-making coupled with a firm belief that every church should reproduce itself at least once in its history. So they have experienced exponential movement not only because their people have an R number greater than one, but every single one of their churches has an R number of greater than one. And it's spread around the world. So in your notes, number two in your notes is this. Exponential growth begins with one. Exponential growth begins with one. Right? We could talk about planting thousands of churches and reaching hundreds of thousands of people, but for most of us, that's so outside of our, our thought process, and that could just be overwhelming, and you're just like, I don't even know where to start in that. We know where to start. You start with one. You just start making one disciple. And you will begin the process of exponential growth. We have this sign on our wall that says every person matters. Because every person matters to God. We can start with one. And we can change the world. King Jesus came to transform the entire world. So what did he do? He invested himself into a few men. See, we have this concept of large gatherings, right? We just have this concept of that if, if we could just make bigger and bigger churches and larger and larger gatherings, that's how we're going to make a big impact. Listen, Jesus, the God of the universe, came to the earth with a mission of transforming the entire world. And yet rather than gathering a large group of people, 
he decided to invest himself in just a few people. Because he understood this, that exponential growth begins with one. And if he could radically transform 12 men, he knew that he could get the gospel around the world. If we could begin with one, with the belief that we could radically transform one person through disciple-making, that we could begin an exponential movement that goes around the world. Number three in your notes is this. King Jesus' burden is light. King Jesus' burden is light. Why am I sharing that in the context of making disciples? Because most of us are scared to death of the concept of making disciples. Maybe because we're scared of failure. Maybe because we're afraid of the responsibility. Maybe because it puts too much pressure on us. Maybe because that means that it's going to challenge us to to live to a different level. Um, Maybe it's just simply because of the concept Right, like we've we we've most of us have grown up in church, and our concept of disciple making is that you go to a class that somebody else teaches, and when you finish the class, then you're a disciple, and it's somebody else's responsibility to teach that class. And so we've never had the concept that it's our responsibility to make disciples. So whatever the case may be, for most of us, this concept of disciple making can be terrifying. It, it can be overwhelming. And so that's why I want to encourage you today. King Jesus' burden is light, right? Matthew 11, 29 and 30. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is not going to put a burden on you that is going to weigh you down and make you miserable. No, Jesus is going to put a yoke on you that is going to lift you up and make your life more passionate and more purposeful than it's ever been before. Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. These are two of my favorite verses in the Bible. Paul says this, We proclaim Him, Jesus, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. Again, this is our goal of disciple making. We want to present people complete in Christ. Another word for complete is mature. We want to present people before God mature in their faith, mature as followers of Jesus. That's our goal. But look at verse 29. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to His power, which mightily works within me. His burden is light. Listen, if you're afraid of disciple-making because you're afraid of failing or afraid that you don't have what it takes, Paul, one of the greatest disciplers that ever lived, declared, I strive in my efforts, but then when I strive in my effort, the power of God works through me to make disciples. His burden is light. If you will make the commitment to embrace the mission of King Jesus, His power will work through you as you purpose yourself to make disciples. And finally, number four is this. If we believe in the perfection of King Jesus and we believe in the perfection of His message, then we must also believe in the perfection of His method. Right? We have no problem declaring that King Jesus is perfect. He's the God of the universe. He's everything. He's my all in all. There, there is no error in Him. There is no darkness in Him. He is light. Jesus is perfect. We have no problem with that. 
And we have no problem that his message is perfect. We love the gospel. We love to declare the gospel. It's a message of love, and, and, and it's a message of, uh, of great power and transformation. We love his message. But then when it comes to his method, we start questioning it. Jesus is perfect, and his message is perfect, but I think we could do it a better way. No. If he's perfect and his message is perfect, then we also have to accept that his method is perfect. And we have to embrace his method. His method was disciple-making. If we're going to live in the kingdom of King Jesus, then we have to embrace the mission of King Jesus. He called us to be on a mission of making disciples. Let me have the worship team come back up. I just want to share something. Now, Zechariah 4.10 says, Do not despise small beginnings. Do not despise small beginnings. We started this passion towards disciple-making. We started it back in January of 2020. And in January, we had 18 people in committed discipleship relationships. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, right? It's just like 18 people. We're not changing the world. But yeah. But what if in 2021, that 18 turns into 36? And what if in 2022, that 36 turns into 72? And then it turns into 144. And then it turns into 288. What would happen? What would happen is this, is that by 2026, we would be a part of the largest movement of Jesus Christ that our island has ever seen. Don't despise small beginnings. Let's embrace the principle of exponential growth, and let's believe that if we start here, we're going to see ourselves a part of a movement that's going to change the world because we're going to start with one. Back at the beginning of 2020, Mark started with one. He invited Roy into a discipleship relationship. And they spent the year in that relationship pouring into the Word of God and sharing their lives with one another. Now, as we move into 2021, Roy has invited David into a discipleship relationship. And they have begun that disciple-making relationship right? That, that is it. It starts with one. That may not seem like a big deal, but I am rejoicing because this is our first time that we have a, a disciple who's made a disciple who's making a disciple. That's what it's supposed to look like, and I am so excited about that. So how does this work? Well, we have structured our church in such a way that we can make disciples, right? A lot of times we fall into the trap uh, that we make the church the mission. The church is not the mission. The church is the instrument to fulfill the mission. So what do we do? Well, we have this sign on our back wall that says we want everyone to encounter God, to belong in community, to build their faith, and to engage in service. And so when we gather on Sundays in our corporate gathering, that's our encountering God. We want to encounter God together. Then we created belong groups. Belong groups are a place for you to belong in community where you can begin to build relationships and, and grow together as, as we process what God is doing in our lives. And then we created rooted groups to build your faith. And rooted groups are small groups of people that are same gender. Men meet with men. Women meet with women. And, and, and generally, you can meet with as small as a group of two, just one-on-one, -on -one, but we prefer even a group of three to five. 
in a rooted group together for at least a year in a discipleship relationship. And then at the end of that year or year and a half, however long it takes for people to feel comfortable they've come to that place, everyone in that rooted group goes and starts their own rooted groups. And that's when the principle of exponential growth begins to kick in. So what does that mean for 2021? Is for those of us that have been in a rooted group for the last year, I want to challenge you to begin to consider it's almost time to break off and start your own group. And who has God put on your heart that you can go and make a disciple or make two disciples who will make more disciples? If you've never been in a rooted group, then maybe 2021 is your year to say, I'm ready to enter into that kind of discipleship relationship. And if that's the case, somebody might reach out to you and invite you, or you just let me know, and we'll get you into a rooted group, and we'll start committing ourselves. Because before you can make disciples, you've got to be a disciple. So let's enter into discipleship. Let's be followers of Jesus. Let's be growing to becoming more and more like Jesus every day. And then as we are disciples, we will make disciples. Amen? Will you stand together with me? I hope and pray that I've encouraged you today, that I've motivated you today, that I have not scared you away today, but that I have sowed a seed in you that this is the vision of what we can be a part of and what we can accomplish as a church. So we've been making declarations at the end of these messages. We have declared that King Jesus is a better king than me. Last week we declared I'm going to do it his way. So here's our declaration this week. You guys declare it with me. Say, I am. I am. Going to make, going to make. His, mission his mission my mission. My mission. Come on, all together. I'm going to make His mission my mission. I'm going to make His mission my mission. All right, one more time, like you mean it. I'm going to make His mission my mission. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we embrace your mission, King Jesus. God, we are going to make our lives about making disciples. We're going to make our church about making disciples. God, we're going to take what you've done in our lives, and we're going to sow it and reproduce it in others. And, Lord God, we're going to believe that every one of us, our our number is going to grow greater than one. And we're going to believe that our church's our number is going to grow greater than one. And we believe, Lord God, that we're going to be a part of a movement, a movement you began 2,000 years ago, and a movement which continues today, and a world that still desperately needs the gospel, a world that still desperately needs transformation. Lord God, we want to bring that gospel to the world. We want to bring it to every nation and every ethnicity. So, Lord, we're We're committing to start by bringing it to just one. Let Lord, we're going to find one person to bring the gospel to. Lord, we're going to find one person to make a disciple. We're going to intentionally share our lives with that person and pour our hearts into that person. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you for that, Jesus. Lord God, we want to be a part of what you're doing. So we put our hand to the plow. Lord, where you've already been plowing. And Lord, we want to walk in step with you. So we make your mission our mission, Lord. We will be a disciple-making church. Hallelujah. We will be an exponential church. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the praise. Amen.